Good morning, digital campus. What's up, y'all? Um, type hello, y'all, in the comments just because it's fun to say y'all. And we are in Kentucky, so we're glad you're joining us for worship this morning. I uh, hope you enjoyed kind of getting in the presence of God, and I'm ready to bring you a word. Now, we've been on a journey uh, for several weeks now talking about the five decisions of freedom. It all started when Pastor Marion started with decision number one, which is I take full responsibility for my life. Everybody put your hands over your head and say, take it back. Woo! Um, that, that's the only one of the five that's sequential. So it, it's got to come first. It's the starting point. I take full responsibility for my life. But these series of decisions, if you make them consistently over time, they are going to bring a drastic change and transformation in your life. They, they basically guarantee fulfillment, joy, peace, if, it's, if you apply these decisions the right way. So it started with that first one. Then the second decision, I taught on that one. I taught, I obsess about my growth. I obsess about my growth. Someone comment, I obsess about growth. Uh, and then Pastor Marion last week, he taught you on decision number three, which was I pursue proximity and invite accountability. Proximity is power, and it's time for you to take it back. Um, so that was number three. Number four, are you ready? Are you ready for number four? Because I'm going to bring number four to you today, and it is I master my state. Decision number four, I master my state. Type it in the comments right now. I master my state. Now, what in the world does state mean? How about a couple definitions? Dictionary.com says state is the particular condition that someone or something is in at a specific time. My, my definition is kind of pulling a lot of things together and the particular way we're going to be addressing it. I define state as the mental, emotional, and physical condition of a person in a given moment. Mental, emotional, physical condition of a person in a given moment. Now, you might be saying, well, what about spiritual condition? Shouldn't it be mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical condition? Um, no, because the spiritual comes into a huge, huge play into this. But where the spiritual comes in is it is our unfair advantage to master our state to say, you know what, we got the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, the same power to raise Jesus from the dead is inside of me. That means that, you know what, and I've got the power of the Word of God that I can activate on my behalf. That means that I should not be dominated or mastered by my emotions or my body or any other condition going on in my life. That means I have the power woo, to master my state. And so, yes, the spiritual plays into it, but we're talking about the Mental, emotional, and physical condition. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit later, uh, I guess maybe not specifically, but the thing about state, mental, emotional, physical condition, the church has not talked historically much about state because, because it's not spiritual enough, because they diminish the importance, Christians in general, oftentimes, no judgment here, I'm just saying, this is where I grew up, the, where I grew up, but, diminish the importance of the mental and the emotional and physical body because, hey, let's focus on the spirit. Let's get saved. Let's get in the word. Let's pray. And all those things are extremely important. But if you don't master your state, you're not going to have the level of freedom that you desire to have in your life. So the thing that I've seen, and this is kind of <clears throat> uh, 25 years of ministry and I have a, 
a coaching business. I work with people all over the country. You know where I see? One of the areas of these five decisions that we're talking about, five decisions of freedom, the area I really see that, you know, we talked about the success curve and the failure curve, the success curve, the mindset is I take full responsibility, decision number one. The failure curve is playing the victim, acting powerless, pointing fingers at other people and saying, it's your fault, it's your fault, I'm not gonna change. One of the areas where I see that mindset the most, that success or that failure curve victim mindset is in this area of state. Because instead of mastering our emotions and mastering our body and mastering our mind, we often allow ourselves, even as believers, to be mastered by all those things. And see, all those things together, that's what state is. All those things together. It's not just one, it's all of it together. That determines your state. And we'll get into that deeper here in a moment. But let, let me ask you this, just make sure I'm talking to the right audience. Uh, I'm gonna read a list of statements, maybe thoughts that you could have had. And if you've had any of these thoughts, I just want you to comment yes. So as soon as I read a statement that you relate to, comment yes. Have you had this thought? I can't believe I got that angry. I'll just wait so everybody can type because you're like, okay, maybe not. Uh, I really wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh my gosh, you guys are all gonna have to type yes on these, okay? Just comment yes if you have this. I don't work out, <laughs> excuse me, I want to work out and lose weight, but I've tried everything and nothing works. I know you've never, you've never had that thought. You guys are all like specimens of fitness, aren't you? Um, I don't, <laughs> this is funny, I don't know why I keep spending more money than I make. That's, I mean, that's totally someone else. If you're sitting with them, you can point at them and tell them that's you. Uh, I feel so overwhelmed by my anxiety, but I don't know how to change. I'm scared, and I can't seem to get rid of my fear. I want to change, but that's just how I've always been. Have you had any of these thoughts? I hope you commented yes at least once, because if not, we have another sermon series about lying um, that you might need to listen to. Listen, Everything I just read to you, I've experienced all of those. In fact, I've lived there. I mean, I didn't just like have it occasionally. I camped out there, not just occasionally. For most of my life, a lot of those things I felt. And I lived in a roller coaster of emotions. And I, I mean, fear and regret and shame and overwhelm and anxiety and financial stress, all those things, I lived in the reality of those things. And I mean, a lot of you, would look at me, those of you that know me, uh, or maybe you don't know me, you just saw me on here and you're like, who's this crazy guy? Um, but people think of me as the energy guy, right? But before I learned what I'm getting ready to teach you today, how to master my state, my energy was like about this deep. And it was not sustainable. It was not consistent. And you might've gotten the best in a church on a Sunday morning, but my wife and my kids, they got the leftovers because I had no level of sustainability. But when I learned, Woo! What I'm getting ready to teach you today. My whole life shifted, and now I have sustainable energy, consistent energy. I don't just put this on for you. I actually live this way, people. It's fun because, like, when you just randomly go, woo! Like, people like jump. They're not. They're not used to this, uh, and they get scared. I did it to somebody in my house. My mother-in-law was over, and I did it to her. I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. It just happened because she was startled. So, when you learn these things, here's what I'm telling you. You can be free from the bondage of all that other junk. You can be free from the bondage of the roller coaster. And I'm not saying I don't have ups and downs, but I don't live there anymore. And that's the key. When you learn to master your state, your mind, your emotions, your body, when you learn to master your state, 
You don't have to live in those negative states, those negative emotions, those negative mindsets. You do not have to be dominated by them any longer. And let me talk specifically to my digital audience because we love you and you are part of our church family. We are one church in multiple locations. You guys freaking rock! Let me talk to you. If you've been stuck in your house, like maybe some of you from the beginning, you haven't really gotten out and you've stayed safe and secure. And some of you, temporary quarantine or whatever, our, our kids' school just went to uh, two days a week and they're, because their cases are up. And so this is real. This is a very real thing. But let me tell you truth that could set you free. The pandemic does not have the power, unless you give it to the pandemic, it does not have the power to dictate your state, to dictate your quality of life. You have the power to choose, therefore the power to change. You can choose to master your state. And if you're ready to choose to master your state, type, I'm ready in the comments right now, and we're gonna dive into this. Let me give you a verse. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life. It's up to you. We all want to change. Maybe as I'm describing that, you're like, yeah, I want to be free. I want to be free. But sometimes we don't change. Why don't we change? Like, I mean, that list I read off when you typed yes, 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 and we were laughing, but like if you actually sat there and thought about it, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. My life is like, how am I happy at all? Like, how do I even smile? How am I living? Like if you dwelled on it, you'd start feeling all that. We don't want that junk, but why don't we change? We change because we be believed a lie from the enemy, straight from the pit of hell, and this is the lie we believe. We've believed that we are the patterns that we've created in our life. We've all got patterns. You've got patterns. I've got patterns. We've all got patterns. We've got patterns that ticked off. Some of you have patterns of happy and joyful. Some of you have patterns of anxiety, of stress, of depression, patterns of having a short fuse, patterns of jealousy, patterns of uh, materialism. Like, like, we've all got patterns. In fact, if you're sitting with someone, look at them and say, you got patterns. If there's nobody with you, just talk to yourself because nobody's watching. Just say, you got patterns just out into the world. Tell me at the TV screen, I got patterns, you got patterns. We've all got them. So we believe the lie that we are our patterns. But the gospel truth is that you're not, that you can break those patterns. And, And listen, what we're talking about here, you are not broke. You are not broke. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your mistakes. You are not defined by that mean streak that you have or that anger that's uncontrollable or that jealousy that overtakes you or the anxiety that overtakes you or the shame from the past. You are not defined by those things. Those are patterns that have gotten in your life. And yes, some of them extremely evil, demonic patterns, right? But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus, God himself knew that you and I would end up with patterns. And he made provision for you and I to not be defined by those patterns, Romans 12, 2. Um, if you've been around Bethel long, I, we're gonna quote some scriptures today that you've heard us quote a lot, but repetition is the motor of learning, folks. Like, we're not gonna achieve mastery without repetition, and so if you've heard some of what I'm sharing with you today, in fact, th- this may be the first sermon most of you have ever heard about mastering your state. 
It's the first sermon I've ever preached on a weekend about this. I've taught these things that I'm getting ready to teach you a lot. Well, the first time we've ever brought this on Sunday mornings because we've realized the power that it can unleash in your life to, to take back your power and experience freedom at a whole nother level. Romans 12, 2 in the NIV, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In the Passion Translation, that same verse says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. See, the culture has patterns. But be, instead, be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. See, there's the spiritual component. That is our supernatural divine advantage. Be transformed. But see, it's a decision of your mind is where it starts. And then the Holy Spirit goes into activation. Be transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think, right? This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And then 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Woo, this is good. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What do these verses teach us? There are patterns that serve and patterns that don't. Patterns that serve you, that benefit you, and patterns that don't. It also teaches us there's patterns of this world and there's patterns of the kingdom. There's patterns that we as Christ followers should be living in. You, you and I get to live in the pattern of the kingdom of joy and peace and generosity of, of serving other people and making a difference. Like those are patterns of the kingdom. If you're living in shame and regret and pain and guilt and condemnation and stress and anxiety, those are not patterns of the kingdom. And today we're gonna give you some tools to begin to shift that in your life. So how do we shift the patterns? We shift the patterns through energy. And where does energy come from? You could type right now and give me a guess. Where do you think energy comes from? When I, when I do this live, I hear people say energy comes from food. Energy comes from exercise. Um, energy comes from um, learning or growth. Like, people say all kinds of stuff. You know where energy comes from? Because it doesn't come from any of those things. Because how many of you have been at Thanksgiving dinner and you ate a bunch of food and you were like, what, what comes after Thanksgiving dinner? Energy or a nap? Which one? Go ahead and type it right now. Nap, that's what I'm talking about. So where does energy come from? Energy comes from our psychology. Energy comes from our ability to choose in our mind, just like that verse in Romans that we just said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, what you think, what you choose to think. And so energy comes from our psychology. Without energy, we will never break the patterns that aren't serving us, patterns that are destroying your quality of life, keeping you in bondage, and robbing you of your destiny. It, guys, we've got to choose to shift the trajectory of our lives. And so we're gonna help you unlock some things so you can become the masterpiece that God created you to be. So let me uh, bring this in. Got a little visual for you. Um, and I just wanna tell you, so when I first heard this taught, I heard it taught as the triad of meaning, uh, these three things that mold the meanings in our lives. Uh, when I've begun to teach this, I teach it basically as these are the three essentials to master your state. Um, everybody type, master my state. Say, I choose to master my state. So the three essentials to master our state are these three things. What we do with our body, 
what we do with our mind, what we do with our words. Um, when I heard it taught, it was what you do with your physiology, which is just a fancy way of saying your body, what you do with your focus, because wherever your focus goes, energy flows, whatever you focus on, you're gonna feel, even if it's not real. Whatever you focus on, you're gonna feel, e- even if it's not real, just because when you think about fear, that's what happens, right? And then your language, whatever you do with your language. Now, what you do with these three things, your body, your mind, and your words, is gonna determine, this is where we go from the neat writing to the messy, It's going to determine your state. And then whatever state you're in, is going to determine the meaning that you bring to anything in your life. What you do with body, mind, and words is going to determine your state. And whatever state you're in is going to determine the meaning you bring to it. So if you are in a bad state, a negative state, a grumpy state, and you go home and the kids uh, did not take the trash out like you asked them to. This is completely hypothetical. This never happened in my house. The kids didn't take the trash out like you thought, and you're already grumpy, you're already frustrated, and you're in that state. What meaning are you gonna give to that? Well, the meaning that you might possibly just, you know, use my imagination is, they don't care, they don't listen to me, right? But if I had an awesome day, and I'm feeling good, and I'm full of love, oh wait, I guess I am being honest and transparent here, and then I go home and the kids didn't take out the trash, again, but I'm in a good mood and I'm feeling good and I'm like happy, what, what state might I bring to it or meaning might I bring to it then? Well, then I might bring the meaning of they must have had a long day or uh, I hope my wife is happy when I get inside. Maybe I should be ready to serve. Um, I hope Jack had a good day at school because I'm sure if he had a, maybe he had a bad day and that's why he didn't take the, the trash out, right? I'm more resourceful to be able to bring a better meaning to it. Now, that's just a little tiny example, but amplify that, and you can see how that could have a really big impact. So when you look at mastering your state, we got Romans 12.2. We've got 2 Corinthians 10.5. Whoop, that was messy. And then the foundational verse, here we go, Mark 12.30. I'm doing this for you note takers, so you got a little visual to follow along. Mark 12.30 says this, and you must... I love that word, you must. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So you see it there, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So first, your body, that's where it says the patterns of your body, right? That's your energy with all my strength. Love the Lord God with all your strength. The message translation of that verse says, love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer, intelligence, and energy. Type energy in the comments because we love energy. Um, But you gotta love God with that energy. Number two, your mind, which is the pattern of your focus because true or not, if you focus on it, you're gonna feel it. So that's with all your mind in that verse. And then your words, words create meaning and meaning creates emotion, right? So words create meaning, meaning creates emotion and emotion is gonna be, that equals the quality of your life. If you don't believe me, if you have emotions that are, depressed and sad and negative all day, can you have a good day? No. But if you have emotions all day that are focused on I'm in gratitude and I'm blessed and God is good and even when things go bad, he still loves me and he loves me just as I am, not as I should be. If you have focus on those and you feel the emotions that go with that, how's your quality of life gonna be? Is it gonna go up, baby? Yes, it is. So emotions 
meaning equals emotion equals life. And so words create meaning, and that's with all my heart and soul because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So heart and soul are the words. So let me just push in on each one of these, and I'm not gonna take too long on these, but I want you to see the power of this. I want you to see the biblical foundation. So if we were gonna talk about um, this one, the body, and you want biblical reference, just read the book of Psalms. Yeah, it might take you a minute, but the biblical reference for the body, love the Lord your God with all your strength, your energy, just read the book of Psalms. Because when you read through Psalms, what did God tell David to do? He said, get up, praise him, shout, clap. If things are good, praise me. If things are bad, praise me anyways. Get up early, get, lay down on your face. Literally, it is a treatise on master your state, David, because no matter what happens, you can still choose to amplify your state through praise. That's why when I talk about a praise or a peak state, you could interchange that with a praise state. You should just get in a praise state right now. Say, yes, Jesus, God is good. I am grateful. He's worthy of praise. Get in a praise state because that elevates what's happening with your body. Um, so when you think about your body, let me, I'll just drop a few thoughts here. What you do with your body is gonna determine a large, a large part of your state, right? So it's your physical state. It's not your mental state, it's your physical state. So whatever your physical state is, and, and some people are like, they're negative all the time. You know those, you know some of those people, don't point any fingers right now. And they're like, I don't know why. I'm so sad all the time. They're like Eeyore. Why is everybody always picking on me? And they're like, I don't know why I'm so sad all the time. Why? Because you're walking around moping and your body's all like, oh, oh. Like literally, if you just put yourself in the position, like if I asked you, I'm not gonna go into this at length, but if I said, get your body in a state of depression, what are you gonna do? Put your body right now in a state of depression. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna go like this, right? And then if I said double it, you're gonna be like, oh, it goes down, it goes in. Like, like you know intrinsically what depressed looks like. You know, if I said get angry, you can do that really quick. How quick can you do that? Just like that, just like that, just like that. In the snap of the fingers, you can change your physical state. In fact, of all these three, which one is the quickest way to change your state overall is the body. Because your body, a movement in your body can radically shift your state. That's why many of you have heard me talk about making your move because, woo, like, come on, ah! Like, if you make your move, some of you should, if you know how to make your move, you should do it right now. It'll totally change your state right there in your living room. Like, that has the power to shift your state physiology first. So if you've been working all day and you're tired and you're exhausted, um, get up from your desk, get up from your computer and take a walk around the block. Um, I'd actually been working at this computer a long time today and I walked outside and I got outside in the cold. Before I came in here, I was managing my state because I know physiology first. So begin to learn how to shift your state by tapping into what's happening in your body because you are not the manager of your circumstances. You, my friend, are the creator of your life. So stop, you, you don't get depressed, you do depression. Begin to do joy and peace and gratitude. Hopefully I'm gonna have time to take you through an exercise at the end. Number two is the mind, what we do with our mind. Where focus goes, energy flows. 
Colossians, nah, let's go this, Philippians 4.8. Colossians 3.17, you can write it down. Philippians 4.8 says, so keep your thoughts, this is in the Passion Translation, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Oh my goodness, what if? We followed the instruction of the Bible and we began to fix our mind, our thoughts on those kind of things. How would that shift the quality of our life? Because in any circumstances, you're gonna answer these three questions. I'm not gonna go deep here, but three questions you're answering when it comes to the mind and focus. What am I gonna focus on? What meaning am I gonna give it? And what will I do as a result of it? What will I focus on? What meaning will I give it? And what will I do as a result of it? So Philippians 4, it gives you to set your focus on those things. Then whatever meaning you're gonna bring to any, because if something bad happens, I don't know, like a pandemic, what are you gonna fix your thoughts on when you can't do what you wanna do? Like, are you gonna fix it on pure, noble, just, all these things? Or are you gonna fix it on, I, I, I don't like it. Things aren't working out the way I wanted to. I'm not getting in the shape that I wanted to. No, 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 you get to choose your focus. Uh, one of my greatest ones for this is Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Uh, Sum that up shorter. Life as a believer in Jesus Christ, as a child of God, life is happening for you, not to you. I'm a child of God. Anything that happens to me, it works for my good. All things, I'm called according to his purpose. Anything, pandemic, racism, elections, none of it can affect if I choose to realize, to live into the truth that life's happening for me, not to me, because I'm a child of God. All things work together for the good. But that is all about choosing our focus. See, you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. If your body, see, your spirit's supposed to be king. Your spirit's supposed to be in charge. But the reason we've got to master our state, and this is that unfair advantage the spirit brings into it, because we've allowed our body and our mind to control us. And if, we, like, if your body is king, are you gonna wake up early and work out? No! If your mind is king, are you gonna like, think on the right things or are you gonna think on whatever feels good, whatever makes you feel better in the moment? That's what you're gonna think on. And so you've got to make your spirit king. Put your spirit in charge. You tell your body what to do. You tell your mind what to think. And we're going to think on whatever is pure and noble and good and just and worthy and praiseworthy. Like, that's mind. That's what you're going to think on. Body, you're going to fast and pray, not feast and eat. Because your spirit's king. It's our unfair advantage to master our state because we can tell our mind we've got a spirit that is greater than our circumstances. And lastly, our words. What we do with our language. It's the pattern of our language. Proverbs 18, 21. Woo! Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I mean, the truth is, if you don't love it, you're still gonna eat its fruit. If you realize, I guess no, I guess if you love it, you're gonna eat fruit because it's gonna produce fruit. If you don't love it, it's gonna produce death. And there's no fruit in death. It's just death, destruction, loss, pain, suffering. That's the power that our words have. Um, Mark eleven twenty three. 23, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt, 
but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Life and death, whatever we speak, we have the ability to speak and to create. Uh, the, language, the little phrase I love to give you on this is, you need to watch your TV. Yes, you need to watch your TV. First time you ever heard a preacher say that? Your transformational vocabulary. You've got transformational vocabulary if you watch what you say. Uh, Romans 4, 17, we have the power to speak things that are not as though they were. Isaiah 55 says, God's words will not return void, but accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. Guess what? When you speak God's words, they have the same power in your mouth as they did in his. You've got the power to live into purpose, to create the life that you desire, but you have to choose. You've got to choose. Um, one practical way to do this is to begin declaring daily affirmations over your life. Release the power of those words. Pastor Bill Walton was here. He taught about creating your daily creation sequence, right? And begin to speak those words. When I, I was been doing this for five years, affirmations, and Pastor Bill came, and for about the last two years, I've been doing that creation sequence consistently, consistently. And this just uh, sometimes finances are the only way to illustrate, but I have a business, a coaching business. And 18 months from doing that to like what happened 18 months later, my business increased by six times just from the power of activating the words, begin releasing faith, releasing, creating with my words. And you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. You just have to release it. So I want to close with a very practical exercise. Everybody say, I choose, say it out loud. Like, yes, not, don't, no type in. Say, I choose to master my state. Say it one more time. Say, I choose to master my state. So what are you going to do with this? I'm going to give you three steps to practically apply this this week, all right? We're gonna do this in like two minutes. Number one, identify a pattern that makes you feel trapped and powerless. Maybe even in bondage. We're talking about freedom, right? These are five decisions to freedom. So these patterns, they trap us. We begin to think we are our patterns and you're not. It's just a broken pattern that you need to shift. So identify a pattern. It's a pattern in your body, a pattern in your mind, a pattern in your language, the thoughts, the, the words that are coming out of your mouth, right? Identify a pattern that, that makes you feel trapped and powerless, all right? So identify it. You can drop it in the comments right now if you want to. If you got a journal, I encourage you to write these things down. Write the questions. You can do deeper work on this. Number two, what triggers you to respond with this pattern? If it's anger, if it's jealousy, if it's um, scarcity, if it's um, shame, if it's regret, if it's frustration, if it's overwhelm anxiety, what is it that has to happen to trigger you to respond in that pattern, right? So you got to identify the pattern, what triggers it. Uh, I'm guessing Katrina's watching this. I don't know when the Packers play, but you know, a Packers game could be a trigger whether they win or lose, like a it could be a trigger for a negative response. I don't know, I'm just using my imagination. Um, I don't think they're gonna lose or anything. Um, so what triggers it? Number three, this is the big one. What could be a healthier, better, more aligned with the masterpiece God created you to be? What could be a better response? What is a new pattern you could create? So you identify the pattern, you know what triggers it. Now, when that thing happens, when they do that, when your wife does this, your husband does that, the kids do that, the boss does this, when you sit down on the couch instead of getting the chips, because that's sitting down on the couch triggered eating snacks, instead of doing that, it's gonna trigger you to 
I don't know, do 25 squats. I've mentioned that two weeks in a row now, so I don't know. Somebody needs to do some squats. What triggered it? What's the pattern? What triggers it? What are you going to do instead? So some other patterns. You could just start praying in tongues. You could worship. You could give thanks. Uh, Sherry uh, Lathan, she has a pattern. She, she says, I'm just going to sit on my rocking chair. See, that is a healthier response than the one that she thought about before she said, I'm just going to sit in my rocking chair. I love you, Sherry. It's a beautiful response. Created a new pattern. Uh, other patterns, give thanks. Uh, do daily affirmations. Have a mantra that you can grab hold. Quote scripture. Be silly. When you used to get mad, be like, ha, 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 ha. Like, shift the pattern. Break the pattern and change your life. That's how you can begin to master your state, begin to apply these things. Some of you just need to breathe. Some of you, you haven't made your move for a while, and then today I reminded you, you can, woo, make your move and take back your power. So I hope, my prayer is that you'll take this. Don't just hear this message about changing your state. Look up all the scriptures I gave you, all right? And identify a pattern, recognize what triggers it, and say, what's the new pattern? And then last step, step number four, practice. (laughs) You're not gonna do it perfectly, but you can begin to practice and practice, and when you get it wrong, practice again, and maybe that new pattern you, you didn't work as well, you need something different, practice and change things up and shift things around, but realize that you have the power to master your state through what you do with your body, your mind, and your words. I hope that this encouraged you. Um, listen, if you're watching this broadcast um, and you don't have that supernatural advantage that was, I was talking about because you don't have a relationship with Jesus, right now is your moment. If you know you're far from God, and you need a relationship with him, I want you to just comment right now and just type Jesus. And somebody in our team is going to connect with you and be able to serve you because the most decision, most important decision of your life, take back that power, take full responsibility, is to know that God loves you. He loves you just the way you are, not as you should be. And so I pray that today, if you're, if you're far from him, just know that he loves you. Just receive his love um, because any work you try to do on your own short of having Jesus in your life, You're going to end up beating yourself up and guilt and shame and condemnation. God doesn't want you to live that way. He wants you to know his love and his grace and his forgiveness. So type Jesus in the comments. Hey, Bethel family, we love you. We hope you have an amazing week. Take care, and we'll see you soon.